0: And this is where ChiliPad by SleepMe comes in. Its mission is to elevate the quality of human life through cool sleep. The ChiliPad bed cooling system is your new bedtime solution. It lets you customize your sleeping environment to your optimal temperature, ensuring you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. ChiliPad works with your existing mattress. It's a water-based mattress topper that continuously controls your bed temperature from 55 to 115 degrees. It's designed for one or two sleepers. So if your partner likes to sleep at a different temperature or you only need it for one side of the bed, it still works. I just put this on top of my existing mattress and voila. So whether you're dealing with night sweats or simply seeking a better night's rest, Chili Pad is here to transform your existing mattress into a sanctuary of cool, relief and comfort. Visit www.sleep.me/ftl to get your Chili Pad and save up to $315 with code FTL. This offers exclusively available for the Love Listeners only for a limited time. So order it today with free shipping and try it out for 30 days. You can return it for free if you don't like it with your sleep trial. So visit www.sleep, that's S-L-E-E-P, dot M-E slash F-T-L, because every woman deserves to wake up feeling refreshed and ready to conquer the day ahead. Hey, everybody, Jen Hatmaker here. Welcome to the For the Love podcast. Our... Flipping the Script series has really opened our eyes to how changes, big or small, can have huge impacts on the way we look at life. So today, we are talking with Amy Grant, a woman who is no stranger to changing things up. We are diving into what it's like to come back from a major health issue, how change impacts us mentally and physically, and why change can truly be a good thing. Hey everybody, Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome to the show. So right now, we are in a series called The Love of Flipping the Script. If you've been following along, the team and I really wanted to explore the idea of change. And we wanted to talk to people who had wisdom to offer us here. So some of our guests in this series have flipped a script on purpose. They've chosen something. They've made a, they've made a hard right or a hard left. They've decided to go a different direction. And then some of our guests have had the script flipped for them. Change came to them. It wasn't necessarily something that they chose or expected or were prepared for. And yet they still had to figure out what to do with change. Both of these paradigms are important because they're going to happen to every one of us. We are going to choose change and have to figure that out. And change is going to choose us. And we're going to have to figure that out. We just felt like there's a wisdom right now to harness as we are emerging from the pandemic, as so many of us have un- undergone changes this year and we're still facing more. And so I don't know exactly know where you are on that. If you are undergoing a- an evolution, maybe right now, maybe it's something about a dream that you are finally prepared to start realizing that you're gonna begin to put your hands to it, start to give it a little life I know for people around my age, this really starts to happen to us about right now. I think it's that sense like, you know what? I'm about halfway through here. Like, this is it. This is what we get. This is our life. And we're examining this idea. I think that a lot of us get stuck in, which is I don't have any choices, right? Like, this is just what I have this this part of my life that's out of alignment it's just what it is i can't fix it i can't change it or this part of my life it's dependent on somebody else and i can't change them or get them to change their mind so i'm just stuck here i'm stuck with this thing that i have and more and more and more i am learning that's not true even when things do happen to us even when we are on the receiving end of somebody else's choices or decisions or words or actions we're still not just stuck with some inevitable result. We still get to decide what we are going to do with that. And so I think this idea of being empowered inside change is really what I'm interested in right now. This is what i'm I'm feeling curious about, like how can we overcome the obstacles that are, basically bedfellows with change, which is, you know, fear or insecurity or a general disorientation. And I'm thinking particularly today in today's episode about some of you who are having a little bit of a a script flipped in your life because of health, a diagnosis, some sort of body or wellness journey that you are now on probably unchosen, unexpected, what that means in our lives. I mean, none of us are unfamiliar with this. If it hasn't been our own physical health, it's been somebody that we love, somebody who got a diagnosis we weren't ready for that felt too soon, too scary. This is a conversation that affects really all of us. I can tell you personally, and I told my incredible guests this during the course of our conversation, but, you know, after this year for me, which has been so full of loss and upheaval and just the end, the end of something that I thought was forever, which was my marriage. Talk about a script that I had written a certain way all the way to the, the end, and it got cut off in midstream. And so as a result one of the changes that I have experienced has been health. I've talked pretty openly about this, but it became pretty clear over the course of this last calendar year that my body was in trouble and it had just done all it could do. And I had had triaged my own health as long as I could, putting out all these other fires and attending to everybody else's needs. And my body just hit a brick wall in terms of, blood pressure in terms of anxiety, which I've really never experienced in earnest. And then it looked a little bit like panic and some panic attacks, which are just, you know, just my body trying to keep me safe. It's all it is, is my body over responding to trauma. And so I think that our bodies, our health can be a real teacher (laughs) even when it's an unwelcome diagnosis or an unwelcome um, health scare or situation, but in that it forces us actually to reimagine what our script is and how we want to write it and what we want to add or subtract from our lives. So having said all that, our guest this week, oh, big hearts, big, big hearts. She knows all about Facing uncomfortable moments and ultimately pursuing her path, hers, the one that is hers to walk. So I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome back to the show in our community, Amy Grant. If you grew up like me, you were singing Amy Grant songs into a hairbrush with songs like Love Will Find a Way and every heartbeat amy was the first really cool female christian artist who then had went on to have nationally known songs and videos and of course we all wanted her hair i like literally still want it now in fact those of you who are logging in here you can of course just listen to this episode today through your airpods into your ears but you know we also video all of our interviews they're over on my youtube channel and so Just go over and have a look at how incredible Amy looks. She still has that hair that just, I don't know what her tricks are, but sometimes it's really fun to watch our interviews. So you may want to throw that up on your phone or on your laptop to watch our conversation instead of just hear it. But anyway, Amy shot into stardom as a teenager in contemporary Christian music. And then she became the first artist in Christian music to have a platinum record. and then like I mentioned, went on to become this crossover, just sensation, like a darling of the industry. Amy has earned six Grammys, a countless gospel music dub awards, all while having 10 top 40 pop singles, which is an incredible career. I mean, <laughs> so she of course has this very beautiful, sweet blended family with her husband, Vince Gill, no big deal. And if you've ever seen her or talked to her or been in her presence, she just oozes this like quiet, gentle charisma and humility all at once. Again, I, I urge you just to go pop on the YouTube channel just so you can watch her face and body language and you'll see what I'm saying. Amy is a very committed philanthropist who continuously works to make and build community and throughout all her life, she's flipped the script in all sorts of ways, iteration after iteration after iteration, in ways that are so guiding for the rest of us watching. And then recently, she faced a very major health journey, which is why I was talking about her health, that turned some things upside down for her in some surprising ways, just this last calendar year. So she's going to talk about that and more with us today. You guys stay all the way to the end. She saved some of her very best material for last because when you talk to Amy Grant, she just keeps dropping little wisdom bombs on you. She keeps just saying, you know, this one time, and then all of a sudden it's the most incredible thing you've ever heard. And so stay all the way to the very end and you'll be really, really glad you did. So, oh, I love her. Oh, I love her so much. I can't believe, I really can't believe that I get to know Amy Grant. I want to go back and tell Jen in like 1988, you are going to be friends with Amy Grant one day. <laughs> I would have never believed myself. <laughs> Lucky me. Lucky all of us to have her in the world. So I'm so pleased to share my conversation with the just endearing, wonderful, beautiful Amy Grant. Absolutely delighted to welcome you back to the show, Amy. I am just always, always, always the happiest girl in the world when I get to see you. That's the kindest welcome. Oh, I just mean every word of it. You are even more wonderful in the person than the way we even imagined all the years in which we like loved you from afar. And so I love when I get to report to people that once I have met our person, <laughs> in person they didn't like devastate us <laughs> they are mm. just as good as we Thank thought you. And that's you <laughs> how are you doing over there as we begin to emerge from this year
1: i'm back in rehearsals and i'm one of those people that like i know 2020 is sort of the year that never happened and the year that changed everything but 2020 had a lot of hidden gifts for me
0: Can you talk about that a little?
1: Yes. I think as much as I love work, I'm so grateful that I get to go to work. You know, I think for those of us that don't live out of a suitcase, there's always this kind of fantasy. What if I were home all the time? What would it be like to actually be there? And, you know, you would feel like you would have to retire to ever have that experience. But COVID was... I, I don't know. I mean, it was it was a gift of being in one place. Not all of it felt like a gift, you know, because a lot of it was just like stewing in our own juices and, but it was, I loved it. You know, I had heart surgery. It was a great time to recuperate because I'd never had that feeling like, oh, the world is just flying past me. I'm going, oh my gosh, like a lot of people are recuperating from a lot of things worse than this. And we're all just sort kind of slowly getting our strength back. I love getting to spend extra time with our youngest child. And, you know, I've spaced out mothering as about as far as you can. Two birds in my twenties, one in my thirties, one in my forties. Yeah. yeah, you did. One nanny for 33 years. Yeah, totally. Job security for her. Yeah. Anyway, but then for Karina to come back and we just Vince, I love him so much. He is so quiet. And so I'm grateful for girlfriends and all that conversation, but COVID, I don't know. It just, it was such a gift of being with family. Yeah. Amy, this particular series on the show is
0: called Flipping the Script. And I'm talking to amazing people and it's this idea that in some way, Every one of my guests in this series is is having to flip a script in some way. So whether it is some of my guests have chosen to do that. They've decided this is a moment for a new story in my life, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna chase it, and I'm gonna choose it. And then some of the guests, the script was flipped for them. It wasn't necessarily their choice, wasn't necessarily what they expected or anticipated, and yet they still found themselves having to navigate a new normal. And I, it's funny because you can, you easily fit in both categories. You've done a lot of script flipping in your life. I mean, many, many iterations of that evolution, but this last year, if you would be willing to talk about it, I'd like to talk about your health journey, because you mentioned it earlier, you lived through open heart surgery, which is a big new thing, a big new story. It's scary at any time of year, but definitely during COVID, my goodness. I wonder if you could share a little bit about your diagnosis and what your mindset was like, maybe like prior to going into surgery and then in the weeks following, what have you and are you continuing to learn here?
1: Okay. Can I, only because when you said flip the script the most, life-altering experience of Flip the Script that I ever had actually happened about 10 years ago. Okay, I'd love to hear it. It was late one night. My Sherry Kitchell, who I love dearly, I was married to her brother for 17 years. She had come to our house. Everybody kind of wanted to spend time with Aunt Sherry because she's just lovely. And it was the very end of the night. And I really, I needed to spend time with her because I had a big cry that needed to come out. But Anyway, she's getting ready to leave, and so surprising, she said, I have wanted so much to see your garden at night. Could we just go peek at your garden? And so, you know, I was like, I get down alone with Sherry. (laughs) And we came out to the garden, and she said, how are you doing? And my parents at that time both had advanced dementia, which did not run in our family. I had hired a couple of caregivers, found out they were drugging my mom and dad gosh I mean was just such a oh, so anyway horrible. all kinds of things happened. my mom had gotten picked up by the police one night and she was not clothed properly and like my sister and her husband had moved in with them it was just like one disaster after another my father was picked up on another night by a bartender going home and he was like I mean you just go ah, anyway so I got, you know, I was like feeling like I had made bad choices for them, and and all I just remember was cry, 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 cry. And then Sherry said, can I just tell you one thing? And I said, yes. And she said, you just need to look at this as the last great lesson your parents are teaching you. Gosh. And she said, it's going to be lessons in creativity, lessons in quick recovery, Fail quickly, fail frequently, get up and keep walking, laugh at everything. And I just was looking at it like all the things that were changed, all the things that was different, all the loss, because I was just looking at that they were not who they used to be. And in that one (laughs) phrase of hers, when she said, it's like suddenly it had purpose. This is the last great lesson your parents will teach you. And I mean, my tears dried up and I was like, dang, I'm not going to, what am I doing right now? I think I'm just wallowing and I'm failing, I'm failing them, they're failing. And I mean, and that is a conversation that needs to be had sometime, but it's an energy suck. And when she said that, it was like, oh my gosh, and flipping that script was you know, and it continued to be a long script. My father lived for years after that, but every time it was like, there are hidden gifts in this. And one of them, you know, for my dad, he lost all communication skills by the end and really no eye contact. And I just remember because I'm married to a man who's quiet, there are times I used to be like, come on, ask me more questions. What's up with you? You know, aren't you curious about what I'm doing? We should be delving into each other's souls anyway. But my dad, I would sit at a little table across from him and he would like take my hand, like almost as though I was not connected and he would just rub it and look at my fingers. And then sometimes he would just like move my hand with his And you know what? I wasn't looking at him going, why aren't you asking me more questions? What's up? Like, I learned the gift of just being there. And that continues now. It does. It's like everybody brings different things to the table. And you can't look at somebody that, you know, rapid fire conversation or investigative or deep conversation might not be their comfort zone. But there are other things that are. And I learned that lesson from my dad after he couldn't talk anymore. So that whole long journey has just made me realize there are, there are hidden gifts in everything. And don't, don't look way down the road because you really only have enough to get through today, whatever it is. But the surprise of today is the off chance conversation that you have with a person bagging your groceries. And suddenly they're making you laugh about something. And then the person in traffic that let you in and like kind of, I don't know. It's just like you sort of go, hey, we are actually all in this together. (laughs) Like, you know, yeah, I love, I'm so happy that you told that
0: story. And that was, of course, unique to your, and also, yay, Aunt Sherry, golly. What a little bit of wisdom she just dropped. Thanks for sharing it. Cause that and that's unique to you. But as you're talking, my brain is just churning thinking about how true that has been in my life this last year. You and I were talking before we started recording, but you know I had a lot of loss this year that I didn't see coming and I definitely didn't expect. I did not write it into my script. But now a year later, undeniably, I can see how it's been a teacher. And I didn't even know the little hidden gifts that would be in there. I couldn't fathom them. I couldn't even envision them. Everything just felt so like dark and sad. And that was all I was choosing to see as well. So having to sort of practice this mindfulness that you just beautifully described about just what ordinary, beautiful thing is happening in any given day and what remains, what I've learned, what I've discovered, what rose up in me that I didn't know I had gifts, Yeah. Gifts. It's it's a beautiful perspective change. And I love that for the whole conversation of, of flipping a script, whether we choose it or it chose us. Either way, we get to really decide how we're going to perceive it and welcome it even, or embrace it, metabolize it into something wonderful. I'm so happy to see you so healthy and well and beautiful after such a major surgery Were you scared? Were you surprised? How did you begin to put the pieces into place to sort of weather this particular storm?
1: Well, I would say for the last year, I had noticed some things about my heart that were, you know, I'd kind of, I'll take care of that later. I'll take care of that later. When I went to the doctor with Vince to get the results of his test, because he was approaching the age his father died. And anyway, you know, Vince loves food. He's not a gym rat, you know. And we kind of both showed up like, what's the the doctor going to say? And he was great, yeah. I mean, Vince is one of those people that, you know, he's defying the odds. His arteries are clear, and the doctor just gave him a great report anyway. And then he turned and said, hey, we should check you out. And we were right in the middle of Christmas shows, and I was like... I don't have time. I don't think it's a treadmill test. And that sounds awful to me. Anyway, so, but then I did the tests, and he came back, you know, as they came in, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. And then a text, call me as soon as you wake up.
0: Oh, gosh. And I called and he- Oh, I felt that in my stomach.
1: Yeah. And he said, we uncovered a birth defect that is incompatible with longevity. And so- Oh, my gosh. That's how he said it? I mean, I can't remember exactly. That's pretty
0: scary. Mm -hmm.
1: And so, yeah, he he told Vince, it's fine, 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 catastrophic. And the window, we need to get this fixed like this year. And so, but the way my mind works is I just didn't, I enjoy being in the day I'm in, you know. And so I didn't really let myself think about it. You know, I had a few tests, but it wasn't until I was using that blue scrub the night before, you know. And I I was nervous the day of, but then they came in with that float-away drug, and I, I just chose to trust the good hands that I was in and the bigger hands. And, you know, at some point I did go, if I don't wake up from this, if this is the end, I am so grateful for this life I've had. And I've lost several good friends to different things, but in my mind, all premature deaths. And I remember one of my good friends, she was a musician, Ruth McGinnis, and she got a bad cancer diagnosis. And anyway, but I remember her taking a walk with me one time and she said, oh my gosh, if I could take everything I have learned from this gift of cancer, if I could put it into a capsule and make you swallow it right here in front of me. And she said, I'm not, I mean, the illness, she said, this is awful. You know, and she would describe in gory detail all the things that she would have to navigate with her body. But she just said it. You know, it's changed the way I look at everything. Everything is a gift. Everything's a gift. And, you know, the morning she died, I was on my way to sing part of a Disney project from which I was fired because I don't have a Disney princess voice. (laughs) Turn it. But I went to her house that morning and she was just real thin. And I remember she just opened up the blanket on her bed, just her little bare naked self. And I just crawled over her and beside her, and, you know, I just, she was such a great friend, and, you know, we just hung out, and it was like, well, this is how your story goes, but she is just so present with me. She was the first person I ever whispered to months before I pursued a divorce in my first marriage. She was the first person that I said, I don't feel at home within myself, within my life. I don't know. And what'd she tell you? I would be making up the script right now. That was a long time ago. But I remember that she would say, I mean, she taught me such basic lessons in respect. She was a musician, but I met her because she was a personal trainer. And so like the first day we worked out She showed up, you know, I had on sweats. I'd had my third child in five years and I was like, okay. And, you know, we talked about life and she said, the most important thing is for you to experience a growing respect toward yourself. And she said, being healthy is all about balance. Like she worked with me in how to stand. I think we did most workouts with like a three pound weight. And she said, this is not about slinging around the big weights. It's about... Balance in every area, balance, balance. And then, you know, so we're talking, you know, hours every week. And so by the time I said, I I, I feel unbalanced in parts of my life, you know, and, and she was just there to be a witness. And, you know, so it, I think about when she was diagnosed and what her husband said was, this is her journey to walk. And we can come alongside of her and support her every way that we know how, but it it's her journey. And that last day when I was with her and she said, I am so tired. I'm just ready to be done with this. Those messages, like like every day I wake up and if what h- hits me in the in a conversation or in an interaction or is you know frustration or helplessness, all of the awareness of our faulty, frail interactions in our country, all the ways that we have failed each other across racial lines, across socioeconomic lines, all those things. And you know, as we just came to terms with that in ourselves, I mean, to me that, I was just like, well, I have my hands on my own wheel. I can't steer anybody else's opinion. I can't steer anybody else's choices, but I got to own mine. <laughs> I've got to own mine, and and steer my life differently, steer my thoughts differently, and that's harder than it sounds.
0: It's taken me the majority of my adult life to come to terms with the fact that my hands are on my steering wheel, and it's mine to do. It's mine to drive. It's easier, it's lazier, it requires less tension to sort of look externally and just say, "Well." this is because you did this, or this is because you chose that. Or I don't happened- like
1: how any of you are
0: driving. <laughs> I wish everybody else would drive better. Everybody behave, you know, and, yeah. you know, or this happened to me. And sometimes in the, in a lot of ways, you know, that is true. Things do happen to us and we are on the receiving end of other people's choices to be sure. But then still at the end of the day, it's still my steering wheel to figure out what to do next. And what to do with it and where to go. And, you know, when you said earlier to your friend, I feel out of balance in this one area of my life, I've used the term just out of alignment. And so it's still mine to come into alignment, regardless of the reason I was disaligned. And a lot of times it's my own. And I appreciate you saying between your story and your friend's story, that sometimes sometimes this, like the catalyst for that kind of work and growth and evolution is, is around our health. That's just true. I mean, I, I can't count how many stories I hold in my little hands from my own personal people and my big community at large, where something in the health, a health scare, or even something terminal like cancer is the thing. That is the thing when all of a sudden you see everything differently. You see all of life differently. This last year, I've, I've talked to my community about this, Amy, but this last year was so catastrophically hard and sad. And so I found myself also having health issues for the first time in my life. You know, my doctor's like, you're, you're this blood pressure. It's not sustainable. Like you're in trouble. This is a dangerous. And I'm like, no, I don't have high blood pressure. He's like, you do you do have high blood pressure. I'm like, I take it again. I've never had it before. (laughs) And all this anxiety and and fear and panic that has come with it, which all new to me. I hate every bit of it, but it has taught me something that you just said, which is it is time to respect myself. I just thought I'll just power through because I do that and I can do that. I've always been able to do that. And my body has finally like held up a stop sign. Like the buck stops here, girl. Like you've reached the outer limits of your threshold of what power through means. And I'm grateful sometimes to our bodies for telling us that, you know, for throwing up a roadblock for saying that your attention has to be redirected right here, right here for a while. Um, And I'm sure you found that to be true. I mean, of course your recovery happened during COVID, which automatically kind of forced you into a quieter, more still place. But I'd love to hear what else you discovered about essentially being forced into stillness. And you probably had to shut down several avenues and channels and all the things that you juggle and put your hand to. What did that look like to you? Did those decisions come easy? Did you know right away, all this gets triaged? These are the things I'll delegate. And these are the things I hold. Or did you kind of have to pick your way through that discernment process?
1: Well, first off, a gift of being in the hospital was meeting the head ICU nurse who came to my room the night after surgery and said, you are not assigned to me, but I just wanted to tell you, we've got a great team here and we're here to take care of everyone. And I hope just let us know. And he was so kind. He just was like, He's probably my age, but such a big presence. He just like sunshine walked in the room. I love that. And I was kind of curious about the rising COVID cases. Mm, Sure, of course. And um, he said, we're starting to see that here. It's not the wave that we anticipate, but it's showing up a little bit. So this was June of 2020. And do you know by Christmas, he had passed away. He contracted COVID. Serving the people in the hospital. Yep. Gosh. And so I don't know why that came to me except for this, you know, you don't, somebody that seems like they're in a compromised position physically, emotionally, whatever, that script can flip very quickly. But mostly what I, I just felt like the whole world shut down. I didn't feel like I was having to decide what shut down, you know, in the touring world, it was the first thing to go, the last thing to come back. That's right. We have a, like a small community that operates out of our home that's been a part of life, my entire adult life. And the, all of the weeks that nobody was here, except for Vince and me and our daughter, Karina, what I really felt was you have a lot of people who help keep everything going. I'm the beneficiary of a loving, helpful community that helps me get everything accomplished. And I just have never, I've never worked that hard doing all of the details. It must be like, you know, the traveling father that comes home on the weekend and plays with the kids and leaves again. And then the mother leaves for a week. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And and he's like, (laughs) oh, my God. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I think Uh, I just never realized how many people helped me do what I do. And so, yeah, that awareness. Uh, Another way of saying that is I came face to face with all of my true limitations and so my so my way of being easy on myself is to say, don't try to do so much. And yeah, so, are you good at that or bad at that? I don't the know. doing too much bit. I think I do too much, but I I I have good energy and I'm interested in a lot of things, you know. And I just having a purpose makes me feel good about the day. I actually. I don't know how this sounds, but I, I like doing things that I can see have a palpable impact on other people in a helpful way. It it sounds amazing. And I know that's a lot of my
0: motivation too. And that's, I think sometimes for at least for me, at least one of the reasons why sometimes I struggle to decide what stays and what goes, because I virtually don't have any opportunities on my plate or any ideas percolating, percolating my brain that are bad. Like everything is good. Everything is for someone else's good or for the community or it's something exciting to be a part of or it's like a collaboration that I really respect. So I, it's almost like I have too many good things to choose from, which makes it harder because they're not so obviously on their face, like, well, this is a terrible opportunity. (laughs) And so my default valve is a yes. And so I'm learning. I'm learning to toggle that down. I think when I was younger, I thought, if I don't say yes to everything, it'll all stop. It'll just all dry up. It won't keep coming. You know, it's my yeses that kind of keep the energy moving forward. But I found that that's not true at all. That was just a fake story. It's just a scarcity mindset, and I'm learning that for sure. But I love to kind of hear that you're you're back in the studio. How do you feel? How's your recovery? I've never had heart surgery. I don't know how it feels in your body.
1: Yeah. Well, I had to. I had to sort of be still for a long time, like from January until the surgery in June. He was like, "Don't go run. Just kind of lay low." So I didn't. I mean. I didn't just sit there, but I didn't do things that would I would normally do. Hey, let's go on a bike ride. Hey, let's go do this. Hey, let's go. And, so, and then after, they say, 12 to 14 weeks of recovery, I've truly felt like I was in the worst shape i would ever been in my whole life. I was like, I have no muscle, like none. And it takes a while to get that back again. So I'm right now just enjoying feeling my stamina come back, you know, and you know, singing is a pretty physical job. Totally. And so you don't think about it, but so I'm watching that come back and just trying to be patient with myself. That's true. I didn't think about that. Has this affected kind of like your breath
0: capacity and in addition to your stamina, just be able to power through a two hour set or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm yeah. getting there, but just in general, I feel better. I feel like, you know, I was like a machine that had a, a an engine that had a lot of stops and starts and clunks and all that kind of stuff. That's gone. So the engine's purring, but you know, the rest of the car needs a tune up. <laughs> <laughs> totally. yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so you're in the studio right now.
1: What are you working on? What are you are you writing new things? What are you doing? Not really. No. At this point, I'm asked, you know, hey, will you be a part of this tribute record? Will you sing a song on this project and you know so i'm just i'm kind of ticking off not a long list but people who've asked me to participate on their projects and and then next week i'm back in full-time band rehearsals and then it'll just be the road after that (laughs) until until january 1 i'll just i mean you're a pro
0: you know the rhythm You know, the road rhythm, it'll probably be nice to be back. We've missed each other. Like I'm so hungry to be in a room full of people having a shared experience, like listening to music together, being in a conference setting together. I think that's one lovely gift that the pandemic has given most of us, an absolute new appreciation for what it means to be together. And I'm so excited for you. Okay, Amy, I'm going to ask you the last couple of questions. And I'm I'm kind of asking all my guests in the Flip the Script series this. And so just top of your head, for you, what is maybe one of the most important things that you get out of
1: switching things up every once in a while when you do it on purpose? Always seeing things from a different perspective. Flipping it could mean just asking somebody else, how do you see this? What would you do? What does this look like from your vantage point? I mean, the other day I was leaving the farm. I met a young woman years ago, and we've we've only been in the same space five times, but she was visiting from New York, and I said, hey, well, hey let's meet out at our farm. She wanted to do that. We have a short amount of time, and I just find her beautiful. And I wanted to hear about her life. And then we're leaving the farm and there are four steer, you know, cows in the driveway and she's in the car in front of me. So I'm like, stop, don't push those out onto the road. Would you mind, would you mind just stopping right where you are? And I'm going to call somebody to come in from the other way so we can kind of corral these animals. And she said, can I come sit in your car? And I said, yes. And she did. Anyway, her name's Chelsea. She's a beautiful, young black woman. We had had our visit and we had unexpected time because there were animals in the road. And I said, what was like for you being in school when you were a kid? And she said, you know, I, I was just one of very few black kids in my school, mostly white. She said, I've wondered if I ever have children, would I do that to them? I don't know. And What I appreciated about that when I left, that conversation, I thought, I'm grateful for the big script switch that we've all experienced of saying, ask different questions. Ask different questions. And I think, you know, the next step, the next opportunity, the next enlightenment, the next everything for all of us is within reach. (laughs) it always has been and so mm, that's you know that's positive yeah i yeah
0: i love that you know i'm right there with you i'm right in line with that i love that answer how about this amy so what familiar or comfortable or comforting thing or thought whatever do you hang on to when you are in the upside down part of a flip when it's kind of like the the free fall. You're not to the other side of it yet. You're not to the solution. You're not to what comes after kind of in the upheaval. What do you hang on to that keeps you centered, that keeps you calm, that carries you through to
1: the other side? I guess the mantra in my head is all will be well, all manner of things will be well. But what I do is I usually go outside and I usually like lie down near a tree and look up. I do that all the time. I've got one of those round swings, and it's big enough. It can like cradle the back of my head and get to the top of my legs, you know, so I can actually relax totally. I do that more than anything, you know. I just go and look up in a tree and go, everyone is different. There's no pattern, and clearly there's a pattern everywhere when I feel like I can't see the pattern in my life. I can't see, you know, it's just like, it's all will be well. And then I just get out in nature. Really.
0: My therapist taught me to do that. And she said, if you can take your shoes off, let's get your feet like in the grass, in the ground, literally Mm -hmm. get grounded, literally. Mm -hmm. And don't force it. Just let it be. It's let it do what it does. I was like, oh golly, okay. And now I'm a person who lays under the tree with my bare feet and it's like a miracle.
1: It, it changes you. It does. It does
0: what it does. Yep. Yeah, it really it does. does what it does. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's been 45 minutes and I'm just looking at leaves and I'm looking at the clouds and I'm, I've am i got somehow back into my body and I can hear things again and I can feel it all. And by golly, if that is not an actual really good practice.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And here's something else. Like with birdsong, you hear birdsong. And always what I come away from those moments is going, if you're going, I don't know my purpose, I failed in this, I ha ha, to go. I don't know if there's any, I mean, we are designed to be appreciators and to notice and to, I don't know why that felt so like such an enlightened thing to say, but awareness of the beauty around us.
0: Absolutely. Because we're designed to be appreciators, which is, I love that you just said that word. I won't forget that. Appreciating things does bring us back into alignment. It does. If there's something whole and intentional about living like that, that we were probably always meant to. Okay, and here's the last one. I asked you this the last time we were on the show and I should have gone back. I don't remember what you said last time. I think what you said, the last time you were on the show was you were enjoying the last little bit before your youngest was flying the coop. But the question is, and it can be whatever it is right now, it can be earnest or it can be silly. It doesn't matter.
1: What is saving your life right now? A game changer for me from my birthday last November until the beginning of the summer was this little book that my sister gave me called The Five-Minute Journal. It's put out by a company called IntelliChange. So it's all about brain priming. And that when when our brains brains are primed for something, and you know, I'm all into brain work. I have a whole other career where I'm invested in a brain company for non-invasive healing. We'll talk about that some other time. And so what I continue to say is, how how am I priming my brain to experience this day? And this journal, I mean, is so quick. It really takes about two minutes. I keep it in the bathroom. And it's just little short lines that you fill in in the morning and you fill out at night. But it's an exercise in priming your brain to see the good. And the thing, the real shocker for me is, and they kind of explain how to do it, but at the end of, the, of every day, it's just three lines, or excuse me, four lines, What, what may three amazing things that happened today. And inevitably, the amazing thing is not something big. It's not, I reached that goal. The scale number said lower than yesterday. Mm -mm. You know what it is? It'd be like, I thought about my daughter right at the minute that she was on her way to some, some, and I joined her. This song came on the radio. The person in the checkout line was so kind to me. Like when you really have to stop and go, three things that made today amazing And guess what? The stuff that makes the day amazing, it's small. And then when you think about them at the end of the day, and the last thing says, what would you have done differently? And you have to say in present tense as though you had done it the right way. And I can't explain it, but it makes you, rather than beating yourself up, why didn't I ask my friend about her children? I just went on and on and on about something, and then then the time was gone. Instead, to write I so appreciate being part of my friend's life and her children matter to me. I ask her about them frequently. And I'm telling you, you prime your brain like that because beating yourself up, that just goes nowhere. But my sister gave me that book and she said, my son is carrying this around like a Bible. And she said, I'm giving my one copy to you. It's tiny. It is so tiny. And to me, anything that's like a tiny, tiny change that makes a monumental change that's hope has entered the room with flying colors. So that's been the, the five minute journal. Oh, I'm so happy. God, we saved that for the end. That's so great.
0: Ah, I like that because that type of practice and possibility is available to anybody. That's not expensive. It's, it's not, not uh-uh. It doesn't take too much time. You don't have to be in an elite space to have access to that kind of healing or Mm -hmm. leadership. So that's fantastic. Thank you for that. Well, you know, I am just so happy to see you, Amy. I'm so happy that you're recovered and that you're about to hit the road again. I am number one in line for loving you for all of our days. (laughs) Um, so, so, you know, when I got to meet you at wild goose a few years ago, I just about died. You know, I just about died. I I just thought I need to be resuscitated. I I don't know if I can recover. (laughs) And then just to have known you ever since it's like so special. So thanks for coming on the show and just being who you are. Your gentle, like calming way makes me want to lay my head in your lap and just take a nap. I love love it so much. I
1: love you. Thank you. I love you too. You, my little sister, are a force of nature. Thank you. (laughs) It takes all kinds. It -hmm. it
0: does. Mm -hmm. It does. For good or for bad, it sure does. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, until next time, until I see I hope the next time's in person. I do too.
1: I hope that you're going (sighs) to...
0: I love everything here, and so if your tour bus heads toward Texas, I'll see you there. Awesome, thank okay. you. See Bye. Bye. So I took away several pretty big takeaways from that conversation. I find myself so drawn to the way that Amy is in the world, Do you know what I mean? Kind of the way she moves through the world. I mean, I was digging and pulling, trying to get her to tell me how terrifying open heart surgery was and how scared she was. And she just doesn't lean into histrionics like that at all. She's just steady and calm and her integrity just rises up in the good and in the bad and in the hard and in the scary. And it's really a marvel to watch. I mean, I was sitting here talking to her the whole time thinking, how can I just dial all this down some notches and be more grounded and centered and present and grateful? She's such a good role model um as always we will have all this over at jenhatmaker.com under the podcast tab you'll find the episode you'll find a link to the youtube channel if you'd like to watch our conversation we'll have show notes and then of course links to all things amy grant if you'd like to follow her and see her work and see what she's up to and so you can get that all in one place thank you for being here thanks for being really invested in this series we are too we are too when i just tell you that It is just phenomenal guest after phenomenal guest in this one. You're going to be really excited. Do not miss any of them. So by the way, thanks for subscribing to the podcast. If you haven't already done it, go click it wherever you listen to podcasts. And that way we'll show up in your inbox every single week. You won't even have to try for us. We'll just be there for you. You won't miss any. And if you have missed some in the series, go back and listen to them because they are worth your time. Thanks for being an incredible podcast community. We really and sincerely love you so much. So on behalf of Laura, my producer, and her whole entire amazing team, and Amanda and I, we're just thrilled to serve you every single week. It's our joy to bring this this podcast to you, these conversations, constantly wanting to energize this community and inspire and lead and entertain. And so thanks for being here week in and week out. All right, you guys. See you next week.